Welcome back or welcome, welcome. My name is Michelle. I'm Kelly. My name is Kayleen. My name is Jada Wright. This is Annie. I'm Kelsey. And today we're going to step into our power for 40 minutes. Today's class is here for you to learn more about your body and its alignment. And everything's flowing beautifully. Love this. Oh, now it's time for my favorite exercise. We're going to go into mermaid. This workout will have you glistening, sparkling, and sweating. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Flexia Talks. My name is Kayleen and I'm the founder and CEO of Flexia. And I'm Kelly. I'm the head of content here at Flexia. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, we have to get started with some hot gossip today. We got to talk about the Glamour article. Yeah. So you tell everyone about this article. (laughs) So last week, Glamour magazine came out with an article called How Pilates Has Been Rebranded as the Ultimate Hot Girl Workout. And I, I just want to start out with part of the subtitle is it's all about the aesthetic. And that one really hit home for me. And, and I'm sure, you know, Kelly, you and I talked about this when it came out and I think you said something like, I just kept waiting for the punchline and I just waiting. Yeah. I like, you know, that little emoji where like the person's hitting their forehead with their hands, like that is the epitome emoji of this article. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like the third paragraph, it finishes with all the hot girls are doing Pilates right now. And look, like, I want to preface this with like, um, if you want to be a hot girl and do Pilates, that's great. But I am absolutely. I am so tired of the media only covering the hot, feminine, white side of Pilates. And, and what part of like what we're doing here is trying to represent more people doing Pilates because it's so good. And I'm so tired of this hot girl Pilates aesthetic stuff that it, this article just, oh, it just, it kind of broke I, my heart. I really just feel like, I wanted to tell the article, read the room, right? Like we're moving away from this idea of like, you're only working out for a certain aesthetic. This is what's gotten me fitness industry in trouble to, to where we are today, right? Like this whole idea that you have to earn your food, you have to look a certain way, you have to do a certain workout routine in order to achieve a certain aesthetic. And I... I am just sick of it. We worked so hard um, as part of the fitness community to rebrand how fitness can impact your life. And it's not about the aesthetics. And let me just tell you, this article just woo, got me wound up because it went into this whole idea about being like a softer woman. And I, if you can see my face right now, I am like, I'm getting like beat red just thinking about it because listen, I, there is nothing against being in your early twenties and, and wanting to look a certain way. Like I support everybody who wants to move and feel good in their body. Like that's, I am not saying that that's not what I support, but this idea that Pilates is this 
easy workout routine in order to achieve this like certain body type is just completely false. Like glamour needs to do better. It needs to do better. This article was completely going backwards. Yeah. And I, yeah, you tell me your thoughts on softer women. Well, when you think about all the research on diet and weight loss, I mean, there's so much to dive into there. But let's be real, like exercise isn't the main determinant of losing weight and looking a certain way. It's actually nutrition and genes. Amazing. Like everybody's going to look different. And and I just this just perpetuates that problem. I feel like every once in a while we take these like really great steps forward in reframing the role of fitness in health and life and happiness. And then someone with a big platform like Glamour knocks you back like five steps. <laughs> and it's so frustrating. I mean, I want to read, I want to read a few sentences from this kind of highlighting what you mentioned about the soft girl trend. Um, the article says many young Pilates enthusiasts preach its virtues, not only for the results they see on their bodies, but the ethos they want to project into the world. To them, being into Pilates is coded as being feminine, being lithe and subtly strong, and being a well-rounded woman. It's a part of the larger soft girl trend, an online movement of mostly young women who are embracing what they call traditionally feminine pursuits, like homemaking and prioritizing leisure over chasing career or status. I... I believe that being a feminist means you get to choose as a woman what you want to do, be, feel, like have the right to access, etc. Um, I have a I, this hurts me from a young, the young demographic perspective, um, because at least from my struggle, it feels like. I'm sure this isn't what it is intended to, but it almost feels like giving up the fight for equality. Now I realize that's like in total contradiction to what I just said, you get to choose what you want um, as a woman and you can absolutely want this. Pilates is already so overly feminized and I want, I want, I want to see an article where we're talking about, you know, how badass Pilates is for men, how badass Pilates is for older women going through menopause. I want to hear more about how Pilates changed someone's life, not because they look a certain way, but because they feel a certain way. And I realize mm -hmm. it's not as sexy globally <laughs> or societally, but like that's, I think that's the power of Pilates and I want to hear its truth spoken. Absolutely. One thousand percent. And coming from someone who was a stay at home mom and quote unquote homemaker for nine years of my having babies and doing Pilates, there is nothing soft about that job at all. Um, so to allude to the fact that being a homemaker is this, you know, more feminine, easier going life is absolutely false. You can go on any social media platform right now and any mom will tell you that they are showing up as much as they can 
for everyone in their lives are doing a million things and getting no credit for it. And I remember in that stage of my life, Pilates, I had three C-sections and Pilates made me feel more connected to my body again. Um, It wasn't about an aesthetic for me. It was, I had grown human beings in my body, felt completely like my body wasn't my own, gave birth to those babies. And then just felt so discombobulated after each one. And the breath work and the mind body work and the Pilates work of rehabilitating my body, I will forever be grateful for. And it was an, it was a strength. It wasn't an aesthetic and it's just, excuse my language, but BS, I just, I call BS on it because it just makes me so upset. I just, I agree. I, um, I feel like it's a step backwards and I'm I'm really mad that they use Pilates as this excuse to go backwards for women, that this idea that we should be in a softer role. Right. And, and there, I'm telling you, there's nothing soft about it. There's nothing soft about it. (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up, Kelly, because, uh, I'm not a mom. Uh, I have, mad respect. I have a lot of friends who are moms and I see the struggle, which is one that I um, admire and don't honestly don't understand yet, but have to hold space for because it is, I can already, I, I read so much and I can already see in my relationship how societal gender roles play into all of this bias. <laughs> Yeah, which is a whole other topic, right? We could talk about unpaid labor another time, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just, I I was really, I felt like they took something that was so valuable to my experience as a a stay-at-home mom for so long. It brought strength back to me when I felt like I didn't have it. Um, And that might be a really big thing and it may not be that big for other people and that's totally fine. Um it's what inspired me to become an instructor and and now I work at this amazing company that's spreading this message of like Pilates is for everyone and it's it's building this strength and this completely different framework for how we think about moving and connecting to our bodies. And I just we I read that article and it just broke my heart. And if I could say anything to young listeners, to young women out there is that, you know, it, (laughs) your, your body is so much more than just what it appears in the mirror. And I want women to feel strong and empowered and capable because they are not because they walk into a room and they are a certain size pant right? That tells me nothing about you. It tells me nothing about you. And I don't, I really don't care what size you wear. I want to know you as the woman, because I think women are fascinating and multifaceted. And if they want to use Pilates to help build that strength physically and mentally and create that mind-body connection, great. Uh, I'm all for it. But I, I would much rather hear a woman tell me about herself than to say I'm this, what is it? What was the term? The pink, pink Pilates princess. Yes. Is that what we're, is that what they're calling it? Yes. Yeah. One of the quotes is being a pink Pilates princess is all about romanticizing, living a healthy lifestyle while still embracing my femininity. 
And and that to your point, <laughs> sorry, it plays to it it further bolsters the idea that Pilates is for the elite. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that's the opposite direction of where I want to go. I you know, like you could talk I could talk all day about how you build a community and how you want people to feel included and how the ways that you do that. And for many, this pink Pilates princess trend is a way for them to feel included in something. And that's fantastic. My problem is, where is the equal coverage for all of the other communities within the Pilates world? I'm tired of Pilates being built up as a very white, feminine, elite thing. Which is exactly why this is such a great episode to talk about this because we are going to talk about the history of Pilates and I think what people will find is that it absolutely was not created for I mean it was created for everyone but it was definitely not for the specific demographic of pink Pilates princesses so let's dive in Kayleen what is Pilates for listeners out there that have been curious about it? You know, people compare it often to yoga. What's the difference? But what is Pilates? Tell us a little bit about it. So the way we define it here at Flexia is it's a holistic approach to fitness that focuses on improving strength, flexibility, and body awareness. And the exercises within the system promote movement, alignment, and breath. Um, and there, are, Joe Pilates actually has um, a really, really wonderful philosophy that he built um, in his lifetime that talks about the principles of movement and how you evaluate them. And he called that contrology. He didn't call it Pilates while he was alive. He called it contrology because it was very much about what I, what some scientists will call like self-regulation, but what I would call body control. Can you control your body in the ways you want to? Which takes a lot of that mind-body connection, right? This is when this is why people get it confused sometimes with yoga because they think, oh, this mind-body practice, which yoga is, but learning to be in control of your movement and the the movement that you do in Pilates is actually quite unique to Pilates compared to yoga. Yeah. Um so uh, there are a lot of different, you know, images of Pilates in the, in the, in the world, but I do want to just mention like Joe Pilates lived from the 1800s until 1967. He was born in Germany, made his way to the U S eventually moved to the New York, to New York city. Um, and he was known for working with ballerinas there, which, um, kind of fits with this pink Pilates princess thing, but it's actually, uh, there's a lot of controversy about how much did he really like working with ballerinas? He happened to be in really close proximity, like geographically to them in the same building as the New York city ballet. Um, but he was himself was a boxer and all of his friends were circus performers. Um, so he was kind of kooky. Uh, one of the things you'll see in like pictures of him, uh, he loves to wear like a shirt and then just like tidy whities or a speedo type of shorts. Like he was right. so proud of his body was always, you know, trying to show it off for photographs. Um, and then he was very strict about 
his method, how you should move. And he was actually had a partner, Clara, um, who worked with him and was a nurse. And um, she's been rumored to have a little bit softer of a touch slash work with some of the more complicated cases. There's a lot of hearsay um, and a lot of anecdotal you know, stories about their life and how they worked in the studio. Um, but I think she's a really important part of his life and his method and how um, they ran their studio while they were alive. Right. And it became such a, a legacy, right? There's these legacy teachers that learn from Clara and then they've passed down their knowledge and it's kind of filtered throughout the major exercise, you know, world. Um, and I, I, we learned from the Joe. Thing, they learned from Joe. Yeah. Like the, the, the thing I actually remember the most about Joseph Pilates, because there's, there's, if you're curious, there is a book out there that talks about Joseph Pilates story and how he got started. And, um, you know, he was a very sick kid. He was always, you know, fighting some sort of ailment and, through self-discipline and self-practice, he came up with this method to essentially what has been described as heal himself. Um, And he took that method and began to show other, I mean, it started out with athletes, with men. He started to show other men how to use this in order to make themselves well. And then, like you said, that it came to New York City and he worked with dancers. And so if people understood kind of the origins of where this practice comes from. I'm not sure the pink Pilates princess narrative fits as neatly as some people think it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, th- I, I want to recommend this book. It's called caged lion. Uh, it's a story told by um, actually the, their lawyer and who was a client of Joe Pilates Um, And I recommend it over the actual books that Joe Pilates wrote because it's a story and I think it's a much easier read. Joe Pilates did publish a couple of books, um, one called Return to Life, where he has the original 34 mat exercises and another one called Your Health. They're interesting, but again, like he is the founder of a widely known fitness method. So he's a little kooky and those are, you know, angled toward especially other people who are teaching. Um, and so, so I love, I love the cage lion book because it definitely is, um, adds another dimension to the story and was, was really interesting to read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anytime you Google him, there's always interesting, interesting pictures. Anytime you look him up. Look him up. <laughs> for sure. For uh, sure. <laughs> but, um, so, Flexia in particular, we specialize in one of those apparatuses that Joe invented called a reformer. Yeah. Um, So a reformer is basically a frame that has two rails and a carriage with wheels in it. And then there are springs that attach the carriage to the frame. And the springs are what provide resistance. And that resistance can either make things challenging or they can give you support. Um, And then there are a bunch of different ways, either with straps or with the foot bar or with pressing against the carriage and the floor, um, that you move the carriage against the resistance of the springs. And that is the basis of what a reformer is. Um, So I, it is, 
Uh, I had never done reformer Pilates uh, until I got a job as an engineer at a Pilates company. And it is an intimidating looking thing, but it is so <laughs> sure. fun. It feels like nothing else I've ever done. Um, and of course, when I talk about this, people always ask me, so do you need a reformer to do Pilates? So Kelly, do you need a reformer? No. <laughs> you don't need a reformer to do Pilates. Um, I think that a reformer for me personally helped my mat practice. Um, there's a lot of exercises that are very challenging to do on the mat that it helps to have that support, those those springs to help build that muscle, build that strength, build that support, um, and then try it out on the mat again. So, so no, you absolutely don't need a reformer to do Pilates. You can do Pilates on the mat or, you know, there's other apparatuses that you can use or apparati, apparatus, uh, (laughs) that you can use. Um, but it's probably most, I don't know, I guess this is an overgeneralization. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the most fun. I think people have the most fun on it. It's the, it's diverse. There's a lot of things you can do on it. You very rarely, if ever get bored doing it. Um, and the mat kind of is limiting, right? There's a, there's in, in some ways, there's only so much you can achieve on the mat. And, uh, the reformer is spicy. It's, 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 it can be as difficult as you want it to be, or it can be as supportive and, uh, stretchy and feeling good as you want it to be. It's probably, it's my favorite piece of opera. It's my favorite piece of machinery. What about you? Are you, are you, is reformer your favorite? I know it's like a silly question, right? Because you made this thing, this flexia, but I want to know, I want to know, is it your favorite apparatus to use? Um, I love all of them and the mat. I really, my, my love for mat really grew over COVID. I taught mat Pilates online while I was doing it. So normally when I teach Pilates, I don't do it. I just speak and instruct. And COVID really gave me the opportunity to teach and move at the same time. And that was awesome. Um, and I got to explore mat Pilates a lot. The thing with mat Pilates for me is there, there's a limited number of ways to work your arms, your upper body. There's slightly fewer limited ways <laughs> to move your and strengthen your lower body, but you're ultimately using your body weight. And for many people, that's too much weight. And mm-hmm. you can say that about all sorts of things, the weight on your wrists, the weight for you know any arm planks or push-ups or anything like that. And so I think Matt is fantastic for core um, work fantastic for certain upper body and lower body things. But as soon as you get onto a reformer, your options just grow exponentially into how you can move and how that equipment meets you where you're at. Um, for me, that's really nice. I'm a soccer player, so I can really get the challenge with my legs and then um, back things up a little bit to work my T-Rex arms. <laughs> Call them, um, which are weak and kind of uncoordinated. Um, and I struggle to work them on the mat. So, and then beyond that, I do love mixing in the chair and the tower. Um, for example, um, I think they're amazing tools as well. But the reformer kind of represents that the most scalable apparatus to me, which 
which I think is so, super important in today's fitness world of making sure that your workout can meet you where you start and then grow with you. Absolutely. And I think for people who are exploring buying a piece of Pilates equipment for their home, there is a lot out there and people are going, well, I don't know. Should I get a chair first? Should I get a reformer first? Should I just go for the full thing and get the Cadillac? You know, and I I always tell people when they ask that the reformer is such a great way if you're looking for a piece of equipment to get started, that this is the one that's going to give you the most options um, and to explore. And then you can add in all that fun stuff later. But yeah, there, I mean, I'm very, I'm very partial to the reformer. So, and I happen to love ours in particular for, for many, many reasons, but so, (laughs) so everybody, so, okay. If you're, if you're a Pilates person, you've done Pilates for a while, you, most people can understand the feeling inside of their bodies of, of what Pilates can do for you. But if you're new to Pilates and you're questioning whether you should get started, um, you know, what can Pilates do for, for people who are curious about Pilates? What's, what's something that can, that we can let people know that Pilates can do for them? Pilates is a wonderful way to develop your muscles in a balanced way. And what I mean by that is I want you to think about, you can think about an athlete like LeBron James, someone who does a specific sport has very specific sport training movements um, and has very specific shoes, for example, that he always wears. So the body adapts. Our bodies are masters at adapting to the environment, to the loads that we put on them. And they always are trying to get more efficient. And so in that case, you're developing um, patterns and shortcuts to get more efficient at the things you do regularly. And that is the same as a desk worker. Desk workers are a type of athlete because your body is in one position all day and your body is now adapting to the load and the position that you're in. And I just sat a little taller when you said uh, that. I just sat up a little. Well, yeah, we're, we're at a desk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, and, and so what Pilates does it is, is it, it's a wonderful form of cross-training for life. It builds your muscles in a balanced way so that you feel good. You get stronger so you can stand up taller. You get stronger so that you can move with control in bigger ranges of motion. And for athletes, this might be, okay, I'm developing better core control and that helps me prevent, you know, uh, for example, in soccer players, that might help them prevent hernias, which is a really Mm -hmm. big problem. For me personally, uh, Pilates helps me do some other things really well, like stand at the sink and do dishes longer. So sexy, I know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And at a concert for two and a half hours and not have foot or back pain. And then go for long hikes irregularly, right? Like Mm -hmm. I want to go for a hike, but I'm not hiking every day or even every weekend. And so my body needs to be prepared for that kind of load. And that is what I love about Pilates is it helps you do everything else in your life, which is movement-based, better, happier, with less pain, 
Am I allowed? Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to jump on the train to say that this is our Pilates era? Ah! You mentioned <laughs> concerts. You mentioned concerts, and so I'm just thinking if you have very pricey tickets to a very particular person and you'd like to stand up for the whole concert, you might want to consider practicing Pilates. Yes, yes. Um, this is a very interesting lens, right? Let's not do Pilates to look like Taylor Swift. Let's do Pilates so that we can go hang out and have fun and enjoy the Taylor Swift experience. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It just immediately when you said go to concerts, I remember an experience where I went to go see, it was like on a random night, we just decided to go to a concert. And um, gosh, I think I had been out of my Pilates practice for only like three months. I mean, which is, you know, fitness world, that's probably a long time. But in, in like normal mom time, like three months is not that bad. But I went to go see a concert and within 45 minutes of the concert, I actually had to leave and go sit in the lobby because my low back was in so much pain. I mean, like screaming pain. So, and it was a standing room only. There was no seats. You couldn't sit inside of where the concert was playing. And I mean, almost immediately I was like, I need to get back into my Pilates practice because I was missing out on the fun. I mean especially as we age and especially as we will say mature um, being able to enjoy the little things in life matter so much and movement as a way of doing that to me is like, sign me up. You know, I, I mean, it's more about spending time with my kids. Literally yesterday we went out and played soccer for like 35 minutes out in the backyard you know, being able to move and not twist my ankle or like pop my knee out of place or, you know, just go have fun with my kids. It's to me, I can't put a price on that. I mean, those memories are, are so meaningful, not just to me, but also to my family. So, but you know, I'm just the everyday mom. If people aren't quite sure what cool people out there, who, who the cool people are doing Pilates, we've provided a list just so uh, people know, if in case you didn't know, uh, this one was really fun. We we discovered that Miss Diane Keaton does Pilates, and um, there's a really funny clip from a movie of her doing Pilates. And if we have a way to share it, we'll share it. Um, I don't know if we have the legal ability to do so, but we can link to it, right? Oh yeah, we can link to it in the show notes, and it'll take you to YouTube. It's a it's from a movie called Mac and Rita, which I haven't seen, but is now on my list (laughs) only because of this particular scene in it where she is in a group class uh, on a reformer and really struggling. And I think it totally fits the um, the fear that a lot of people have when they walk into a Pilates studio and they're like, what the heck is going on in here? These things look intimidating and confusing. And she just like lives out that that um experience so it was um it was entertaining to say the least yeah yeah it was definitely entertaining and if you know you know right if you've ever been to a group class and everybody in the class knows what they're doing and you're new it is literally that experience and it it's just really funny to see that come to life on screen she did a really nice job doing that okay Um, you you tell us about this next person because i 
wasn't sure who this was until you told me who it was. And then I was like, oh, yes, I've heard of this person. Yeah. So this person is named Raven Ross and she runs Pilates Body Raven. Um, she has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. And um, there's a funny story about how I heard of her. Um, I was talking with someone uh, younger in the Gen, Gen Z uh, generation. Um, <laughs> and they were like, oh, have you heard of Raven, Pilates by Raven or something like that? And I said, oh, no. And, and this, um, this person goes... Oh yeah, she was on TV a while a while ago. And my brain immediately went, Raven Simone. <laughs> oh, same. Same. 1000% same. And, yes. And I looked her up and I was like, oh <laughs> no. <laughs> and and she and different generation. Different, yeah, different generation. I was like, who's Raven Simone? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> No. Yeah. But it turns out Raven Ross was on Love is Blind. Um mm -hmm. the, the popular reality show. So um she is Have you watched that by the way? Have you watched that show? I have, no. <laughs> I uh don't ask me about pop culture. I am so <laughs> pop culture. I don't yeah, that's not by choice. That's not that's just I don't I can't I can't keep up. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. It's interesting. <laughs> but um yeah, she's an awesome Pilates instructor and uh running an awesome business. Yeah, awesome. And then I think this one is so cool. Can I can I yes, say take the one. name? Okay, Sylvester Sloan. He does Pilates. And if you've seen Sylvester Sloan now, I know we're not talking about physique or you know we're not talking about aesthetics but the guy is ripped okay and it's not about aesthetics let me preface but like he uses pilates and he understands how incredibly challenging it is and he uses it as part of his training um routine so he has a quote and he says it's brutal Working out with my daughter doing Pilates. Oh my God. This is like going the distance with Clover Lang and Drago. Drago? Did I say that right? <laughs> or Breakfast? Oh, we are so not. Okay. <laughs> no. And then he says, this is an amazing workout, but definitely not for the faint of heart. I've lifted weights. I've boxed. I've wrestled at track and field, played football, many other sports. But this workout pushes you to the limit and beyond. Now that doesn't sound like a like a Pilates peak princess to me. No. And I think it's really interesting. Like uh, you mentioned like aesthetics aside, I think, you know, Sylvester Stallone and people like I mentioned LeBron, who um, we'll talk about in a second is these are high performing athletes, right? These are guys mm -hmm. and gals who use Pilates to be the best, highest performing elite athlete on the planet. And mm -hmm. Pilates has a role in that. And so I think, you know, we can talk about how that is totally at odds with Pink Pilates Princess. But I also want to say it actually demonstrates the breadth of benefits that Pilates mm -hmm. can have. And I freaking love that. Also, I do want to mention, and I'll have to find an article that we can also link uh, in this podcast but for you were mentioning the the um, 
the one side of the body working out more, right? The body making uh, accommodations in order to do better at their sport. And one of the ones that has seen a huge help in doing Pilates is golfers, because that is a one particular motion repeated over and over and over again. And what many golfers have found is that by doing Pilates and adding balance back into their body, because they're overly compensated on one side, is that their swings actually got better, that they actually got better at their sport. So it's just a testament to how important balancing your body out in any type of athletic pursuit, how important that is. Absolutely. Um, so you you mentioned LeBron. I'll let you go on off on LeBron because I know you love that he does Pilates. This is someone that you love, like you totally heart over Pilates. So go ahead. I, okay. So I'm not a basketball fan, but I am totally a LeBron big time athletes who use Pilates and talk about it fan. And um, we'll link to a post that LeBron made on Instagram a while back of him doing Pilates on game day. And I just think that's amazing. Um, you don't often hear, like I hear a lot of, of stories and I talk to a lot of athletes who really get high on Pilates, especially during the off season. Um, and it's sometimes really hard to incorporate during the season because you're, workouts are so heavily managed by the team uh, physios and trainers. Um, and LeBron James is one of those guys. I'm going to go do me some Pilates. And uh, <laughs> He's I love LeBron it. James. I'm, You're not going to argue with what he wants to do. You're no. not going to argue with his training regimen. He knows his body and that's what his body wanted on a game day. Um, and so I, I love these examples because we're talking about older women, younger women, older men, athletic men. I want to talk more. We could talk all day about athletic women and younger men and older. Like there's so many people um, we're not even talking about differently abled people. Like I hope this gives a nice short overview of the idea that Pilates is not just one thing. It is a wonderfully diverse and versatile system that has benefits for a wide variety of people. And as a teacher, I love that because that means I get to encounter a lot of different people. And as someone who wants to share Pilates with the world, I also love that. And, um, you know, Pilates teachers are known for kind of saying, oh, Pil you should do Pilates. Pilates will fix that for, you know, anybody they meet. Um, and it's not, it might be flippant, but um, there's something to be gained for anyone from Pilates. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I challenge any person in the fitness world who thinks Pilates is super easy to come and work out with us in the studio <laughs> and we'll put it on Instagram for the world to, for the world to see that it is not an easy workout and uh, it's super diverse. And um, I just, yeah, I, I'm so glad to have this conversation with you because I think it needs to be had, especially when there's, when you find articles like that out in the world and, and, and people think that it's not for them, that, that Pilates is not for them because Articles like that are incredibly isolating, and um, and we want to we really want to send the message that it's absolutely false that Pilates is for anybody that wants to do it, 
And we, we want to see you out there. We want to know you. We want you to experience Pilates and it's, it's full, you know, I'm stealing your word breadth of, um, you know, ability. And I want- uh, I'm adding that by the way, it's my lexicon because I never say breadth until <laughs> I talk with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like you said, we could go on and on and on about the benefits of Pilates. I, I really invite people to try this out and, um, you- don't listen to that stuff, you know? You are welcome with us. That's what I want to be out there. You are welcome with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we'll leave. I think (laughs) we've only been talking for a little bit, but here we are. I think Mm -hmm. we'll leave it there for today. Absolutely. Thanks for listening in. We're so happy to have you here in our little podcast. Uh, We hope to see you guys again. Absolutely. See you again next time. If you're ready to embark on your Pilates journey, go to FlexiaPilates.com to learn more about Flexia's award-winning online studio, innovative technology, and professional-grade smart Pilates reformer. With over 150 classes and new ones added every week, it's easy to find the workout that fits your life. Paired with our innovative technology that gives you real-time feedback and tracks your progress, your Pilates experience will be totally transformed. Once again, that's FlexiaPilates.com to learn more. Happy reforming!